Blog Talk Radio. Transformation Radio 3.0.
Transformation Radio 3.0. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations. Listen, I know the intro said Transformation Radio 2.0. That's my fault. I got it mixed up, and that intro was an old intro. However, I encourage you, lose yourself in every moment that's presented to you. Don't miss out on any opportunity that is placed before you, all right? Listen, my name is Clifton Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose. Again, I thank you for joining us on tonight. There would be no show without each and every one of you listening to the show. Before we get the show started, I am a little down tonight, but I know by the end of the conversation, I'm going to be excited. My Dallas Cowboys missed the playoffs. Um, hasn't been many promising years lately, but hey, I'm a loyal fan. I'm going to stick with them. So, you know, how about them Cowboys? Nevertheless, we have an exciting show on tonight. I have an amazing guest, y'all, but before we get to the guest, y'all already know how I do it. Listen, I'm going to open up the phone lines throughout the entire show. That gives you an opportunity to join the conversation. Now, I understand that because this is a platform where I invite people with diverse belief systems and backgrounds, that some things are going to be said that you are not going to agree with. And guess what? That's okay. We all should never agree with, with each other all of the time. If we're in a place where we say we, we agree with somebody all the time, somebody's not being very honest. Now, in your disagreement, it's okay to voice your opinion. It's okay to voice it. We all should have an opinion. We should all have our personal convictions and beliefs. However, we must do so in a manner that is respectful. And if we don't do so in a manner that's respectful, then, yes, I'm going to have to hang up on you. Don't want to, but going to have to. Why? Because I believe that when we learn to listen from a place of growth and respect, it causes all of us to become better individuals, and then we begin to create a world that's even better for the uh, generations that are to come, as well as our generation that's here right now, okay? So, again, you can disagree. That's fine, but disagree in a respectful manner. Also, I have to limit everyone's call to what? One minute, one minute. And the reason is I want to make sure that I give enough time for everybody that wants to join the conversation as well as enough time for our guests to share their awesome and amazing story with us, okay? So here's the call-in number. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. Guys, this is show number eight of 10 shows this month. You know we only usually do two shows a month, but we wanted to make December very special. As I was celebrating my birthday, I wanted to give to you guys. So I gathered together a group of individuals that I believe are shaking up the status quo. They're shaking up the norm. They're infusing purpose within individuals around this world. And I wanted to bring them to one platform so that the, their conversation can ignite something in each and every one of us. And, guys, I've got you people 
from all walks of life, all backgrounds. So each and every one of us that are, that are listening to the show can connect with at least one or two of the people that we've had on the show. Tonight is no different, guys. It's no different. This young man is amazing. When I say amazing, listen, I'm not even going to try to describe it. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to begin the conversation so you can see for yourself, all right? So without further ado, I want each and every one of you to help me welcome Mr. Deron Essex to the show. Deron, welcome to hello, the show, hello, sir. Hello, hello, Thank you, thank you, thank you. How are you? I'm well. Yourself? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm so grateful and pleased to be here, and I'm really excited for this conversation, brother. Listen, I'm excited for the conversation as well. We thank you for taking time to share with our listening audience, all right? So here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Here's how I start. I, I like to start with a light question. I believe that this light question tells me a lot about the individuals that I'm entering into a conversation with, all right? Okay. So here's the question. If you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. So normally when people ask me this question, my first go-to is teleportation. Um, and okay. the reason why is because when I was growing up, I watched this movie called Jumper. I think it, it came out in 2007. But I, I watched this movie okay. called Jumper, and the main character in the movie, he had this superpower where he could just teleport anywhere he like wanted, whether it be the bottom of the ocean, whether it be the top of the Empire State Building. And I just thought that it was always cool to be in two places at once or be able to transition between two states in a very quick amount of time. Um, So that idea of teleportation always, always captivated me from a young age and is what got me into meditation as well. Cool, cool. And we're going to talk about meditation a little later because I really want to unpack that as well because I believe that that is a tool that can be used by many of us that we haven't yet mm-hmm. tapped into. And I believe that if we can learn, you know, that art of, of meditation, we'll begin to see some of the changes that we desire in our lives. All right? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do next before we get into the questions. We're going to play a quick right. game of word association, okay? Okay. I have eight words. Okay, I'm going to give you those words. I want you to tell me either the first word that comes to mind when you hear those words or, you know, if you have a statement that comes to mind when you hear these words. Okay. Okay? The Mm -hmm. first word is life. Life. Purpose and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're going to talk about those two things as well as we go on. Now, depression. Distorted reality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Healing. Natural state. Peace. Can I say the same thing? <laughs> natural state. Um, yeah, snore, snore, yeah. State. Yeah. Okay. I would say for peace, natural state. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Health. 
I what is that word? Oh, a worthy need. Mm. That's good. Transformation. I have a sentence. <laughs> the, the natural state of every living organism in, on this, like, in its existence. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Wholeness. Pie. <laughs> because it, it was just the holidays. So when you say a whole, I was thinking about my, like, mom's sweet potato pie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds real good about right now. <laughs> and then the last word is meditation. Teleportation. Mm, okay. Okay. Now we're gonna revisit those words throughout the conversation. Okay. I just wanted to okay. get, you know, what what comes to mind to you with, with those words. Now, it's going to seem okay. like I'm going to start this conversation a little backwards because, you know, normally it would be, tell us a little bit about yourself. We're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. But you posted a video, um, and this was probably one of the videos that really caught my attention. And I mm-hmm. want to talk about that before we get into everything else. I think that's a good segue into okay. everything else. And the video that you posted was called Heaven and Hell Are Not Real. They Are a State of Mind. They Are a State of Mind. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I believe that's a great place to start because I personally feel that a lot of people live in a mindset of hell without even realizing that they are actually living in that state. Mm. Got you, got you, absolutely. So yeah, so first, I would say I think it's, uh, it's interesting because when I'm posting that video, I got a lot of different reactions. You know, people who were more so mm-hmm. religiously inclined, you know, they weren't so nice <laughs> in the comments. Right, right, <laughs> right. People who you know like like more open-minded, spiritual, you know, new age spirituality, they were more like receptive to it. But where I was coming from was that you know when I look across the the world, if you will, as far as people who are spiritual and these be people who, you know, believe in a creator or may have some religious affiliation, um, you know, I see that there's this really big distortion out there where we believe that life on this earth, we're bound to suffer and that a life after we die in this physical reality is going to be better. I've seen this thing growing up. Right, like I grew up around it, right? I was like, I grew up in a church. So I like seeing this idea and I will watch people almost like kind of like come to church, right? Pray, ask God for whatever it be, right? Whether it be healing, whether it be finances, whatever. And then expect some miraculous miracle to happen without action. And then. Mm-hmm you know, go to church the next week, rinse and repeat. And it was something mm-hmm. I kept seeing, and, and I'm like, why, like, what caught people in this distortion where, like, you know, where we believe that no matter what we do on this planet, there is another place somewhere, somewhere out there that's better than what we're living right now. 
Um, and Jayco kind of said, uh, kind of said this in a song. You know, he said that uh, I think it was in a song, apparently, or something like that, where where he says that you know there ain't nothing better until you love yours. Like there is no life better than the ones that that mm-hmm. you have until you love it. You know, and so if people walk around life, you know, thinking that. Oh, you know, this next life, whatever's behind this door of death is going to be better than than this reality. You will, like, struggle in life in every sense of the word, Um, financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, because your belief system is dictating how you act. And if you believe that there's a place better than this, you – it kind of makes this life seem, oh, it's okay. Or like, oh, it's okay for me to suffer. Or it's okay for me to be in lack. Or it's or, or or it's okay for like me to be in scarcity because I know there's a place around the corner, up the street, down the hall, that's better than this place. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it, that, it definitely makes sense. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, no problem. So that's kind of why I made the video because I want people to understand that look. I mean, think about it, right? If you've ever been in a dark place in your life, you can classify that as hell, right? Um, mm-hmm. And one can classify it like, so, well, what what would we classify as heaven? Heaven is a, from what my mom told me way back when I was like 12, and I never forgot this. This, like, cemented into my mind. Well, heaven is a orderly, disciplined, peaceful state of mind. That's heaven. So then mm. hell would be the opposite, uh, chaotic, uh, sporadic, um, tumultuous, messy mind and spirit. That mm-hmm. would be classified as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, switching these two ideas helps people to kind of see, oh, actually, no, like, I have governance in my life to make my life either hell or to make it either, or to make it either hell or heaven. It, you know, it's really up to my state of mind. And that's why I really wanted to start there. I wanted you to explain that because I believe that those who read what your video said without watching it and listening to you explain it, the first thing that they're going to do is, especially, you know, if you were raised in, you know, a religious culture, the first thing you're going to do is, oh, no, 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 I can't believe he would say that. But when you right. begin to express what you're saying, it honestly makes a lot of sense. It's like we kind of buy into this whole concept of, you know, whatever is given to me is given to me, and this, whatever my lot, you know, this is this is how my life is going to be. But if I hold on to it the way, hold on, in my going through, one day I'm gonna wake up in this new world where I'm going to have peace and and prosperity and not realizing that we have the ability to have those things right now. Like God has given us Mm -hmm. creative expression, you know, in Mm. this world. Mm. So that's why Mm. I really wanted you to explain that before we go any farther in the conversation, because Mm -hmm. it, that's part of the paradigm shift that definitely needs, to take place. And that, that's why I, I said what I said in the beginning uh, about I want us to listen from a place where, you know, we all can grow because sometimes we, if we're willing to be more open, we'll realize that that which we have allowed to divide us could, could actually unite us. Mm. 
So now we, we talked about that, okay. Now, have you always believed that yourself? Like, have you always believed that heaven and hell were a state of mind uh, and that you had, you know, the ability to create the world that you desired, you know, within your um, yourself? Or did, was that a something that you grew into as time went on? Mm. I really think it was something that I grew into as time went on. Like, because when I was younger, um, I really believed in heaven and hell. You know, like, there were actual real things. And it wasn't until, like, this, this, once again, my mom told me this, right, when I was younger. But just because, you know, when my parents say stuff, we don't necessarily take heed to it or, or a seed was planted, right? And it took a while through right, our own right. life experiences for that seed to grow and for me to be like, wow, I now get what she was saying. And I think how, how it happened was, <clears throat> excuse me, from the ages of 10 to 18, you know, I really, that was my, my formative years of understanding myself spiritually, emotionally, mentally you know, doing some really cool things spiritually where top, like like actual projection. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I got into astral projection, for people who don't know what that is, um, astral projection is the art of consciously removing, or not removing, but placing your, your spirit outside of your body for a period of time. Um, and mm-hmm. when I, I started astral projecting because I wanted to understand life. That was my goal. Growing up, I knew, I'm like, okay, this world that we live in, I was so interested in understanding how it works. You know, like, because I felt even though that I was looking at the space in front of me, right, the air and space in front of me, I felt like there was something behind that. You know, like, I felt like there was a curtain behind me, and I, I was looking for methods, meditation, astral projection, any other spiritual, you know, things that I was doing as a way to open that door, you know, as a way to understand what the hell life is, life and death is really about. So when I started mm-hmm. actually projecting and reading and reading about it, and I, you know, recognized that actually actual projection is like actually a natural part of life. And, you know, a lot of monks and mystics used to do it very frequently and like regularly. And when I started to do it, I started to notice, Oh, wow. This, you know, like death after life isn't that that this big scary thing and one of the experiences was when i was 16 um because i remember trying astral projecting for like four years straight so i'm meditating for four years straight every single day getting closer and closer to it but never truly fully getting my body fully out of my uh you know i'm sorry getting my like spirit fully out of my body but there was one night i, I was practicing i think it was like i was practicing for at least an hour or a half or so and then I had a dream. And in that dream, I actually projected. And in that dream, it was like my spirit shot out of my body. And I felt as if I died. Like, I literally felt my soul leave my body. And that's when I woke mm-hmm. up and, and, and it all clicked for me. And I was like, whoa, I understand death. It's not, a, it's not this, uh, this is the end of the road or you're staying in this one state for all eternity. No, it's an ever-changing, flowing, for me, like for me, right, my beliefs, just what I personally believe, mm-hmm. where we go after we die is only a reflection of our mind. 
And that was where it clicked for me, right? Because when I woke up out of that dream, I got the revelation that the more we grow and die in every single phase of our lives, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right, life-wise, we grow into a new being. And whatever we was previously, right, those set the foundations for the next place that we go, right? So if you were a, a dick in this lifetime, right, then wherever you manifest next in whatever plane of existence, whether it be on earth, some other place, I don't know, right, I think it will only reflect what you just did and vice versa. So mm -hmm. that is kind of how it, it grew into me. And then over time, the more I started learning about meditation, the more I started learning about the mind, that was when I was like, whoa, we actually created heaven and hell by our words, thoughts, and beliefs. All right, listen, we have a caller on the line. I want to get to yes. the caller before we go on, all right? Here we go. Okay. Caller ending in 7618, please state your name and let us know what you're calling in for. Hello? Hey, this is uh, Alan Brown. How are you, sir? Hello, yes, I'm doing you. great. Okay. Well, I was just calling in just to uh, kind of uh, elaborate on uh, on what my brother was saying. Like, you know, I uh, I do agree with that because, you know, honestly, um, um you give me just a second. Honestly, yep. I was raised in a uh, Christian environment. And, um, you know, in that environment, we're taught, like, basically, you know what I mean, to give everything to, you know, Jesus or whatever. And basically, like, you know, he'll handle everything. And I've also been, you know, taught that, you know, basically that in heaven, you know, how they were speaking about how heaven is and how it's the uh, streets of gold and all of these things. And my parents was teaching me that, you know, if, you know, basically we're meant to suffer in this life. We're meant to suffer. Mm -hmm. We're meant to be spit on and, you know what I mean, just basically um, uh, rejected from society. Yeah. And I grew up with a victim mentality, you know, because of, mm. you know, my upbringing and me being adopted mm. and me searching for an identity in life. I kind of used religion for that identity and never really mm. discovered my true self. You know, I never really discovered my true nature, my true talent, everything I did was through a, a deity, you know, it was through mm -hmm. this person or through this, 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 this figure, you know, and I never basically knew myself. I never knew myself until, you know, I kind of, I guess, got grounded and really just started listening to others who kind of like my brother here, you know, who, who are enlightened. And it kind of piggybacked on what I knew deep inside of me was that, you know, in this life from, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, create any controversy with religion or anything, but, you know, mm -hmm. it says it's basically that searching for something that we already have, you know, searching for Absolutely. truth that lies within us. And Ooh. that's that's one thing that I learned because I was searching through scriptures, searching through various verses and different things to look for something that I already had within because, like, my father, my dad would tell me, he would, he would tell me that, 
we're not worthy enough for God's love. Or we're not worthy enough to be saved by God because we're not good enough. And that kind of yeah. hurt me because I'm like, damn, I'm not good enough to get, you know what mm. I mean, what God had for me. And then he told me that the only person that was good enough was Jesus. And he's the one mm. that, you know what I'm saying, is, is the one that was saving. And, you know, yeah. throughout life, I would pray and pray and look for something to come save me and not, not really getting the truth to know that, dude, the Savior is within me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, you know, I, I just kind of wanted to piggyback on that to say that, you know, I do agree with that and that, you know, I feel that a lot of us need to know that we are good enough. You know, mm. a lot of people feel that they're not good enough to be blessed by God or they've sinned or done too much in their lives that, you know what I'm saying, they're not worthy to change. And a lot of people carry that identity throughout life. Yeah. And it's hard for them to Absolutely. recreate themselves because they're going off of a um, um, something that, to me, is not is not real. It's not true. You know, we are mm. good enough. So yeah. that's, that's all. Mm. Thank you for that. Could I piggyback off that, Clifton? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, go ahead. Uh, good. You, you said, right? Alan. Alan, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Alan, I, like, I just want to say that I really agree with that. And I think you brought up a really good point that I also want to elaborate on. So <clears throat> religion, right, those ideas, right, how you said that your dad said, you know, we're not worthy of love. And I remember these same sentiments being told to me literally, like, before I could walk right because i grew up in a, in a church as well and it was always just like it was it was like there was some noble medal that you wore because you suffered in life you know it was like oh man i'm struggling with money or my bills or you know i'm not worthy so like now i have some like whatever it is you know and it's like with religion this is the like the really dangerous part about following different belief systems because Different belief systems, yes, you know, in theory, religion is meant to empower, right? But mm-hmm. in actuality, there are, some, there are some parts of religion, right, how like we've been talking, right, about this whole idea of that we're not worried enough, that we always got to struggle, that we always got to suffer, that is this constant war, that we're the banned fucking species, right? It's, it's these ideas mm-hmm. that really disempower us. Right, that like we gotta wait right. for this person in the sky to accomplish something. Now, I do believe in the power of prayer. Don't get me wrong, but I think prayer without right. works is dead. You know, like like you can just pray for something, right? Pray for God to change the right. life of your life. Then you sit on your ass all damn day, all week, and then pray mm-hmm. that same shit next Sunday. It's like mm-hmm. a loop, you know, like that that we're falling into. And it's it's this thing where like we have to start questioning these beliefs that. Our mom said it was okay. That our gra- that our grandma said it was okay. That our auntie said it was okay. Because who told them that? And then when we go to that person, well, well then who told them that? And then if we like, right. really unravel that, that 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 line, we see these ideas are 400, 500, 600 years old, and we've just been doing right. monkey see monkey do all because this is how it's always been done, and this is respect, and this is culture, so we always do it like this, and we never question these things. But I think you know times are shifting and it's time for us to really analyze every everything that we believe in our life and really see if it's serving us or not because if that belief whether it be from religion whether it be from a person whether it be from a parent if that belief is like sabotaging or affecting us or 
sabotaging or halting the flow of some part of our life, we got to reevaluate it because we probably was taught it by somebody who meant well, didn't even know right. too much themselves. Yeah, and, and real quick, I just want to interject on that as well because I grew up in church as well. And um, I'm a very uh, literal person. So if you tell me something, I process that thing and take it literally. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do purpose empowerment sessions, which are kind of Bible studies, but it's a different approach to Bible studies. And one of the things that I, I teach people to do is sometimes you have to go back and figure out were you taught something or were you told something? And I think that a lot of times we get teaching mixed up with what people are telling us. If you tell me something, you're not giving me a lot of supportive background behind it or the supportive background that you're giving me behind it is, well, my pastor said, my aunt said, my mom said, my dad said, my brother said. It's not where you have researched that thing for itself. And and I got to, I'm with you on the whole, we can't just pray and stop there. I mean, even the Bible says it very clearly. Faith without works is what? It's dead. It's non-existent. It's of no value to us. So some of these, these things that we were told in church, the scripture actually contradicts once we start to study and live our life for ourselves, you know? So I've had that whole, you know, epiphany myself where I had to come to the understanding of the fact, wait a minute, I am worthy. He created me in his likeness and his image. He resides inside of me. Greatness is inside of me. I just have to tap in to that greatness or the essence of my creation, that which is in. So I thank Alan for calling in and, and, you know, joining the conversation and everything that you're saying so far because everything is so true. I, I think people are afraid sometimes of spreading their wings and becoming who they are versus being the robots that many times, you know, church culture and and other religions can teach us to be. It's like we just learn the role that we should play. And when it comes to purpose, you know, that stretches you and it challenges everything that you were told in some things that you were even told. So Mm -hmm. I call her again. Mm -hmm. Thank you for calling in with that. So I want to continue right where we're at. Now, you were talking mm-hmm. about meditation. At what age did you begin meditating? Um, when I was 10. Yes, 10. 10, okay, okay. Now, what? how did you get involved in meditation? Is it something you saw and studied, or it was just something mm-hmm. that came to you one day, or how did you get involved in it? Yeah. Interesting. Um, so... One, one, just but like even before ten, like my earliest memories, you know, are five, six, seven years old. I remember sitting in the back of my mom's car and thinking about life. Like I've always had this okay. insatiable drive to figure out why I'm here. What is this that I'm on? Like this this world that I'm in. Like what is this? Why am I here? What are the connect like? I was always interested with the interconnection between things growing up. So that was just a natural, like, you know, seed that was just inside of me. When I was 10 years old, I I didn't know this at the time, but I had severe PTSD. Oh, my God. Like, PTSD, okay. social anxiety, 
anxiety, depression. Oh my God, it was really, really bad. And I didn't even know it was that okay. bad. But um, so what happened was, you know, so I, I grew up in Chicago and I saw a lot of death growing up. Like I remember around the age of 10, my um, best friend, at my best friend at the time, his older brother was shot and, and died right in front of my driveway. And I remember, oh, you wow. know, seeing my like stepfather, you know, uh, carry his mom, you know, to the other side of the street because, you know, she was like yelling, like just like, really all over the place. And he, he was trying to calm her down. So like, I just remember seeing all that. And I remember, you know, even younger, right, like having things happen to me that I couldn't process, that I couldn't really, even though my mom always said that I could talk to her about things, there was just something I, I just felt like I didn't even know how to and what to even say, you know, because it was like I had to push all these things that was happening around me for all this death and violence that I would see down, down because that's just what people did. You know, no one really talked mm-hmm. about these deeper things. And so I didn't recognize this, but I was running from anxiety, sprinting from it. Um, mm. And so, and then also inside of my house, you know, my like, stepfather, like he had his own demons that, that he was dealing with. And, you know, he was a bit abusive growing up. And so in my world, right, I, I felt like growing up as a child, I lived in a prison, like that I was in a mm. war because I would step outside, there'd be like war, you know, there'd be people dying. Uh, blood on the street, blood on the concrete, you know, all this bad news about all these young black boys, you know, being killed by either each other or police, you know, just all this this violence and chaos. And then on the inside of my house, I felt like I'll be walking on eggshells with anything I did, mm-hmm. right? So I never felt at peace, right? I never felt like I could take a deep breath. And not to worry about anything. Mm. So like that. So so this is important because this all set up what you know the the, the transformation that kind of happened. And Absolutely. I was watching this show called Avatar: The Last Airbender at the time, and I was a very mm. creative child. I still am a creative guy, and I remember getting really into these TV shows. And I'm not talking about you know like some oh, I watch all the marathons. No, I felt genuinely and I still feel like these these cartoons, these these animes that had, you know, spiritual philosophy and doctrine interwoven in the stories, I felt like they were speaking to me. Like through the screen, to me specifically. And there was one episode where the main character in Avatar that's Airbender Aang, he was visiting a a, a, a air monk monastery temple and they were teaching him how to meditate and open his chakras. And I was watching this episode and it was the coolest thing in the world and then a voice told me you know i do believe it was my like you know higher consciousness if you will mm-hmm. told me mm-hmm. to stop the show go outside and meditate try it boom and i was like it was like I, I just did that i just stopped the show went outside and i just started literally imitating the few seconds i saw on tv and everything shifted for me because i think i just deep like just took really deep breaths and I don't know. I I felt like when I took those those deep breaths, I was finally able to relax fully, really, for the first time in my life. Because people don't know, but you know, children are stressed. They're anxious. Like they they don't, and they may not even know how to say that. And then you know, the parents mm-hmm. may just think that something's wrong with their child, but no, actuality nothing's necessarily wrong with them. They just don't 
know how to get these things out or talk about these things or have tools to, you know, defuse these things. And so when I was meditating, I felt for the first time in my life that the particles in my body all just started to flow away with the wind. Like this body that I felt was so real, so raw, so heavy. Before that experience, after the experience, I felt as light as a feather. And then I remember opening my eyes, and I was like, I don't know what I just stumbled upon, but I'm doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> and that was when, you know, the whole me started to meditate, do my astral projection, and just literally eat, sleep, breathe, anything, meditation, spiritual, you know, anything like that. So that's kind of how uh, it's, it, yeah, kind of how it all started for me. Awesome. Now, I've heard um, I was speaking to someone who uh, has started meditating, and they mm-hmm. talked about um, that meditation deals with breathing. Um, is that how you would describe it as well, like learning proper breathing techniques within within meditation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so great question. I believe meditation is it's so many things it's so okay. many like there's millions of different kinds of meditation and but just to make okay. it simple the easiest way to start is by breathing right and okay. a very simple way is just literally simply counting down from five to one each time you say a number just take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth you know five And really just the whole time you're just focusing on your breath. I think I think that's the easiest way to start. And I also okay. think it's hard for like some people because it's so simple. You know, everyone wants something mm. fucking complex, fucking right. out, <laughs> fucking you know, something just complex. But the most the simplest things are really the most profound. And just simply breathing and acknowledging your breath is powerful because think about it. When you're stressed, you are never deeply breathing. Never. Think about it. Think about it. When your mind is running mile a minute, your breath is like this. Right? So you can't so so you're not even getting oxygen to your brain and to the other parts of your body. But when you take but when you take like a full deep breath. When you take a full deep breath, you then see and like you like tell your like mind to calm down. You you are telling your whole central nervous system and you're telling everything to just take it slow. I mean, think about it, right? When people are stressed out, what is the first thing when they like friends say, Hey, 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 take a deep breath. Yes, yes. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Hey, 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 calm down, yeah. hey, hey. Breathe from breathe from breathe. Usa, usa, right? And yeah. it's because naturally it is it literally calms every part of your like being, but and that's just the first way, right? And when you start getting okay. good with the breathing and you know like better with it, then you get into visualization or you can get into other more uh, sensory based methods. It's literally a Pandora's box. But the most easiest way to think about it and to start off is just simple breathing. Okay. Now, have you ever faced a time, you know, you talked about starting at the age of 10 on through, yeah. you know, your, your teenage years into your 20s. 
uh, has there ever been a time where you had gotten so caught up in everything going on that you were not meditating and you saw a yes. difference in your life and you had to, you know, pull yourself back in. Have you ever experienced that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Positively. And I think, and what happened was, and, and, and for me, it really happened when I first got to college. That was when it really hit okay. me because, you know, 10 to 18, I'm like, oh, ass projection, oh, cheat. Ooh, you know, I can feel my energy. Ooh, I'm levitating in my head. Ooh, I'm teleporting to all these different dimensions in my head. Ooh, the 18 comes and I get to college. Then I fall under the belief. I allow myself to be distorted by the belief that people in college don't do that shit. You know, people don't right. meditate in college. People don't grow themselves. What is that? No, people like get drunk and get turned and then do it all, all over again the next day and half-ass on their work and their papers. That's what I thought college was. You know, so the first right. two years, I stopped doing everything that filled me, that, that, like, again, was healing me, right? And so then it was sophomore year, and, and I felt this, and I remember even calling my mom and being like, Mom, I feel like a hollow tree trunk. You know, I just felt disconnected and dead. And if anybody's watching this, you know, like, if you've ever been in that, in that time, in that space in your life, I feel you, because that, it it made me question who I am, right? I was having negative thoughts, like, daily. And then and social anxiety started to come back. Depression started to come back. And I, I was in a really dark place, extremely dark place, uh, my first semester of my sophomore year in college. And I had a mental breakdown where, okay. you know, I thought I was going to drop out of school and commit suicide. And, you know, because I – so, okay, real talk, this was, this was happening. I was in a toxic relationship at the time. The toxic relationship okay. I was in at that time was only a reflection of my relationship with my stepfather and that abusive relationship mm-hmm. that I had with him. So that relationship mirrors that. So in that relationship, it, it was the mirror to bring all this stuff up to me that I forgot about and that I thought I, I dug away somewhere deep in my mind, you know? Yeah. Because at first I was only using meditation and action only – for spiritual exploration, I didn't know I was using it to heal myself, right? It was only just for spiritual exploration because I thought, you know, these other, like, lives were, and, and, and these other states were cooler than what I was experiencing in the day-to-day life, right? So then when I had that mental breakdown, I not only was in a toxic relationship, I had negative thoughts that was attacking daily. Oh, my gosh. And don't let me be by myself. Oh, my God. If I was by myself in a room, it was over. My thoughts would kill me. It was over. It was over. Like, I, I like, I they mentioned me so down to it, I couldn't even get out of my bed, yo. Like, I remember I couldn't even go to class. Not only that, but we were facing yeah. racial discrimination and, like, racial uh, bomb threats on my campus at the same time. And not wow. even only that, another thing that was happening that I don't really tell a lot of people about, but I was it was like some the some spiritual being, some negative spiritual being was following me. And okay. this part was the part that really like cracked me. Like it was following me when my eyes was open. It was following me when my eyes was closed. I could see it mm-hmm. in a distorted face when my eyes was closed. When my eyes was open, it was the scariest shit I've ever faced. It was like how like what 
I see this thing everywhere. Like it was like there was something latched on to me on in all these different ways. And so it just led me to have this immense mental pressure and it, and I broke down. Once again, I literally thought this was the end of my life. Until, mm. you know, in that time where I was having a mental breakdown and I thought I was going to, you know, drop out of school, a voice of my spiritual mentor came to me and he said, Deron, get up and get back into your spiritual journey. And it was in that moment where I saw the light again, yo. It was in that moment where I was like, mm. this whole time from age 10 to 18, I was using meditation and actual projection as a way of spiritual exploration of myself which, you know, would give me feelings of peace and, you know, tranquility. But now I'm like, I'm doing those things for my intention is for healing. My intention is to heal myself through these methods. My intention is to purge my mind through these methods. And then once I started doing that, that's when I started to read that, go over, you know, what I, what, what I was taught growing up. And I started to uh, self-diagnose myself because also at the time I was in psychology classes so this is where I, I figured out about anxiety and I was like oh my gosh okay. I didn't know growing up me you know feeling you know stuck in my body right me feeling like the, the, the tightness in my chest me feeling like these pins and needles all in my body when I go into social social situations I was like that's anxiety wow I thought I was crazy growing up you know, mm. and so understanding all these things, I was like, okay, let me start self-diagnose myself. I'm depressed. I'm suicidal thoughts. I'm anxious, but I can turn this. I can turn it around. If I if I brought mm. myself to this space, I can bring myself to another space, right? So like once again, teleportation. Mm-hmm. That like theme is really like like this is where it like really comes full circle because I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just teleport myself to a better version of myself through the action daily of me healing myself, meditating reprogramming my like mind so that's what I started to do for about three months and then I started to feel really at peace and I felt the best I've ever felt you know back then for that time period for the first like 20 years of my life and then people around me started to see the glow in me right and my aura glowing and people was, was like what are you doing and I was just telling them and I said and a lot of people started asking me so much to whereas I was like wow maybe I can help other people with this, you know, because when you know what right, right. what you know, you assume everybody else knows the same thing. No, nope, <laughs> it could be further for the truth, right? And so that's when I was like, whoa, what a second. And then I started to do weekly meditation groups where professors, people two, three times my age, I'm, I'm 24, by the way, um, and mm-hmm. students and people in, in the town will come and get profound transformation. Like, feel their God-like, goddess version of themselves for the first time in their life. Feel their divine inner peace. Feel their inner life. Feel their inner spirit for the first time. And I then created a community on my campus that was campus-known um, called Uh-Oh Meditation Group, you know, where people mm-hmm. said that that was their spiritual home, that that was their church, to get together with, with other people who believe different things. Some people, you know, believed in God, mm-hmm. people didn't. Right, mm-hmm. but they all, you know, wanted to be at peace within themselves and to feel their own divinity in themselves, however they describe divinity to themselves. So I, I opened this space and it became a family, it became a community, and it became a movement on campus and a and a new way of life, you know, and I was able to help people, freshmen and sophomores and juniors and seniors who was coming in who 
you know, because in any environment, and especially a school environment, especially a liberal arts school, that's on, like, the same page with, like, yelling them. Like, when I went to Oberlin, it was a lot of stress, a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of ADHD, like, having to deal with all these classes and all these papers and social settings. And then not on top of that, all the other, you know, mental stuff somebody may be going on. So I created a community to help people, um, and then that community started to grow online. And, you know, now the community is now global, and now I help people all over the world meditate, heal themselves, reprogram themselves, you know, explode their business out of the water. So that's my answer to that question. <laughs> Perfect. And you transition right to where we were going next. Now let's talk about grounded flights. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. You talked about what it is that it has evolved into. Now, before mm-hmm. we talk about that, I want to ask you a question. Um, what is purpose? What is purpose? Okay, so let's go back to the story because my my story will help us uh, elaborate on this. So when I had that awakening, right, and I started to like, uh, you know, teach, you know, these sessions every Sunday, right, getting a lot of great feedback. The summertime came, right, I was at home. Me and my girlfriend at the time, we broke up. It was a very toxic, very big breakup and you know i i was depressed for a few weeks after that you know like after that breakup it, it really hit me because i really really care for her but we both just knew that both of our upbringing and the trauma that we both had it just it just wouldn't align right like which is you know obviously like what was causing some problems for me as well and for her as well probably and so when that happened i you know did some more soul searching and I was like, you know, man, like I was, you know, for like two weeks crying, meditating, writing, just like that, in that, in that order. Mm-hmm. And one day, this is this is some crazy stuff. Like one day, I like woke up from a nap. It was nighttime, and something came over me. It was the coolest feeling ever. It was very similar to the feeling I had when I was ten, and I meditated for the first time. But something came over me, and it caused me to just pick up a book and write. And I was, and it was basically like, you should form a company out of, uh-oh, right? Out of what you've been doing every single Sunday, you should form a company. And you should help people all around the planet. Because about a few days before that, I saw this webinar that basically said how to get paid for what you know how to do. So it was all like in alignment. And then I was thinking, okay, well, yeah, like I love helping people. I've been doing it every week. I can get paid for this, you know, like. People are having amazing transformation. This is worth a lot. But then I'm like, what the hell should I call it? And I kid you not, I looked outside when I asked that question. At the same time, a shooting star crossed the sky, and that's when ground the flight came into my head. Because then I realized I had to ground myself before I flew to whatever next version of myself I was going to become. So that's how the name kind of came to be. And then, right then, okay, then in that moment, I had another flashback to when I was 14. And this was a dream that defined the rest of my life, even though I didn't know it back when I was 14. And that moment, when I saw the like, shooting star, ground flight came into my head. Then I was popped back to when I was 14 years old, and I had a dream from my spiritual mentor at the time. In this dream, he looked at me. It was like all black, and it was just me and him in a room. And he looked at me, 
And he opened out his hand, and in his hand, a fire arose from his hand about two inches from his hand, like floating, like kind of like if you watch Avatar, that's Airbender, how like the firebenders, you know, just mm-hmm. like make a little tiny ball of fire. It was, it was very similar mm-hmm. to that. It was like an orangish, orangish red kind of fire. And then he looked at me in my eyes. I opened my hand, and a pinkish, orangish, like like fl- uh, fire popped out of my hand. When I was 14, then I woke up out of that dream, and I was like, oh, shit, I know what I'm here to do. I'm here to help people activate their inner light. You know, like, that's what I'm here to do. So then when that shooting star came, and I was like, oh, that's what that dream meant back seven years ago. Okay, wow. now I get it. And so now I recognize uh, my purpose is to help people, right, unleash their inner light through, you know, Capoeira Angola, which is something else I do, which I can talk about later through, you know, my, like, coaching services, through my speaking and workshops, you know. So purpose to me is understanding that, you know, we all came down on this planet to do something, and that's all different, and it looks different. And right. But when you actualize it and you look that purpose in the eye and, you, you know, and, you know, some people get their purpose through reading a book. Some people get their purpose through a lot of difficult life, you know, situations like I did, right? So other people get it differently. But when you look at your purpose and you openly accept it into your heart, it burns a fucking fire so deep that nobody can quench it. You know, like I remember when I first started my company, junior year, right? So like this was summer, sophomore year, next year, junior year, where I had business cards, you know, I was like giddy. I was like, oh man, I helped so many people sophomore year. I'm trying to have the whole campus know who I am and what I do and how I can help them. I literally talked to the prince, to, to, to the president of Oberlin College at that time. We have a new president now. But at that time, I talked to a, um, the president that was there. And I told him about my business and about this revelation, about everything I've been doing and about all this, 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 whoa, you know, all this energy. And he looked me dead in my eye and he said, Deron, people don't buy that you won't be able to go into business. I think you should do something else. To my face. Wow. Right. This was literally about three months after I had this whole revelation. I just told you about all these things. And then Mm -hmm. another entrepreneur who was at Oberlin College at the time, right, they told me the same thing. They was like, Duran, I I, I like what you do. And even though I helped them personally in their own life with some of their struggles through my services, they still said, Duran, I don't think you're ready for this. I don't think that you're ready to be an entrepreneur. So one, one entrepreneur who was really known in the, uh, in the community at the time, right, said this to me, right, and the, the president said this to me. So two people who I saw in my head as really high authority, right, who, who I looked up to. Because I was like, this, this other young lady, she was an entrepreneur, and I was like, wow, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. She's killing the shit. Oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Right, and the president of the school were like, you know, we they have a lot of authority, a lot of power, woo woo woo, all that shit. And both of these people mm-hmm. kind of shut down my vision and my dream. And it was in that moment I had to, you know, tell myself. I would say self, and myself said, hmm? <laughs> I had to say, yo, <laughs> what do you want to do? Like, do you want to listen to these two people? Or do you want to say, fuck it, be Kobe and just keep going? And obviously Very I chose sure. the latter. Um, because what I what I had to realize and, and what that made me realize is that look, 
if you have a purpose in the marrow of your bones, if you have a vision deep in your mind, you yeah. can't expect everyone to see it and feel it because it's not in their mind. It's not in their bones. Right. You can't. And I had to be open with that. So it was, so those two things really taught me that, look, as I'm going through my life with that purpose, some family members may not align with me. Some, you know, may not agree with me. Some friends, some whoever. But I had to be like, yo, fuck that shit. Right? I'm here to help people. And I believe, I don't care if I'm young. I don't care if I'm black. I don't care if, you know, people view me as just some, like, basketball player because I'm, like, long, tall, and athletic. I don't give a fuck about none of that. Right. I know what I was placed on this earth to do, and God damn it, I'm going to do it until my last breath. And then that is when I will be like, okay, I'm ready to transition to whatever next phase I, you know, want to go to, or God will I take me. And I like how you pieced all of that together, especially the part where you said, you know, when you get that thing deep engraved in your mind, it's in your marrow, you don't care what anybody else says. And I believe a lot of people need to hear that. I was watching um, what's it called? Elevator Pitch last night, and it was a guy that had been on the show a couple times. You know, Elevator Pitch, they come on, they pitch their business, investors listen and decide, you know, if they want to hear more about their business or not. There was a guy came on. He um, he had been on twice. The second time he got one step further than before. So they told him, said, mm-hmm. you know, we believe in your business. However, we don't believe that it's in the position for us to invest in it now. They said, go home, mm-hmm. continue to work. We'll help you with some resources. They said, and when you come back the next time, we believe you'll be ready. And that person said, well, it's not going to be a next time because I already came twice. And when he left, one of the investors said, he said, see, that's how I knew it wasn't time to invest in him because that thing doesn't burn in him deep enough to the point where regardless if we say yes or no, Mm. he's going to continue on with it. So I love mm. how you tied all of that thing in, and I hope that those that are mm. listening uh, and your creatives, your entrepreneurs, or whatever it is that you've been called, created, designed, purpose to do, that you understand regardless of who is willing to see it or invest in it right now, you have to keep that fire burning inside of you until it gets to that place where it begins to spread like a wildfire. And even if everybody yeah. that you feel should grab hold, grab hold of it doesn't grab hold of it, you still realize, man, I don't care. This is what I was created to do, and I'm going to do it with excellence. So I'm glad that you hit all of those phases of how even it was successful on your campus, but even in the success of it, you went to the president, and they couldn't see the value in it. You went to other entrepreneurs, and they couldn't mm-hmm. see the value in it. But yet you still begin to understand that even though they couldn't see the value in it, you had to see the value in it. Now, listen, we're off the air right now. We're we're still, like I said, it's going to play on the replay. I don't know if you realize we had got past, past the hour mark. But um, mm-hmm. I want to keep going real quick because I want to get as much information about your business out as possible because I want people who are out there that are in search you know, of 
not necessarily their purpose, but some are in need of healing. Some are in need of, you know, some adjustments that need to take place to see success in their business and even in their personal lives, some goals they have set. So I want you right now to talk about the services that you offer. We talked about the meditation, um, which I believe is very essential because you even talked about how meditation, you know, is, is healing. It, it brings healing. So what mm. other services do you provide as well? Yes, absolutely. So I basically, my my main services that I provide for people is that I help spiritual growth seekers of any walks of life, of any religious background. I help them to heal from unresolved issues or traumas or wounds from the past that they will rate on a scale of pretty high in terms of the impact of how it's affecting their life, right? So some people come to me because, uh, you know, they have some trauma issues from their childhood, like I did, you know, that they that they are see is, is impacting their business or is impacting their relationship or is impacting their ability to just sit alone with themselves. Um, I also work with people, you know, who want to reprogram their negative thinking and their negative thought patterns and self-esteem and, and confidence issues about themselves to become a new, more confident, you know, 2.0 version of themselves. Um, and normally I help people who are like, they've been doing spiritual work and they have already started a pretty solid pilot flame with their own spiritual work. And they're ready to add accelerant and gas to it. Um, and, and they're ready to really evolve and get to the next spiritual wave. That's what I normally help people who are in that transitioning phase with like, they've been working on themselves. They've seen a, a, a little bit of improvement. So they really want to get to that next level internally, that monk-like level that I talk to my clients about internally. Um, and those are what I normally help people with. And there's some people who want to do, like, to have their own business, right? I help them to set up their business and then coaching business so that it's profitable, it's lean and proven, and they help a lot of people, and they get paid what they're worth. Um, and the people that I work with, like, I only work with these kinds of people, and these kinds of people are people who are tired of their same, like tired of their patterns from the past and they truly want new patterns that actually supports the life that they're trying to create from them for them and their family i work with people who feel like they that they came down to this planet to fulfill a divine mission to help more souls on this planet and they want to become their most unlimited unfuckable untapped version of themselves so they can maximize their potential and help more people i work with people who are willing to have some skin in the game and, and understand that they have to invest some money to grow their life and take it to the next level. And I work with people who have the all-in obsessive life mentality to grow themselves to the next level version of themselves. And I work with people who truly want to grow their mental, emotional, and spiritual state to monk-like levels of inner peace and tranquility and make at least 10 times more money in the next 12 months by changing their identity. Those people that I work with, and that's what I do. Perfect, perfect. Now, can you give um, the listening audience your information, how they can yeah. connect with you on your social media platforms, website, everything that, you know, you have that they can connect with you on? Yes. Um, for people who are dead-ass serious about changing their life, um, you can either mm -hmm. go to my Facebook, which is Duran, D-R-O-N, uh, space Alchemy, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, space Essex, E-S-S-E-X. 
or my Instagram, which is the same thing, which is at Duran underscore Alchemy underscore Essex. Um, hit me up on one of those channels, follow me, and just send me a, a message, and then we could chat to see if there's anything that I can help you in your life. Um, for people who want to learn more about my speaking and workshops, uh, if you go to www.duronessex.com forward slash tour, T-O-U-R, you will see that um, I have a few more slots for 2020 speaking presentations. So if you have a school or if you have an organization that may want some help with some things, reach out there. And then, you know, people who have heard this and they're like, okay, I want to get my life together for 2020 and the rest of my life, just call me personally on my cell, 773-879-1296. And if you call and I can't answer, because I, I do have calls throughout the day, um, just leave a voicemail or text me just who you are, you know, how you find me. And then, um, you know, we set up a time to chat to see if there's anything I can do to help you. And then if you do reach out to me, and you talk to me, basically how it will go is that I will just ask you some questions to honestly see if I can help you or not, right? If I see that through our conversation I can help you, I'm going to just transparently let you know that. You know, if I see I cannot help you, I'm going to also transparently let you know that because I'm not here to waste anybody's time. I'm here to see who's the next so I can help. Um, did that answer your question, brother? Absolutely. That's great. Now, here's what I want to talk about, too, because um, – yes. I know that you uh, have a program for children. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Now, do you teach meditation to children as well? I do. I do actually. Um, so I had a program that I ran that I ran for two years <laughs> called okay. um, basically Superhero Me, where basically what I did was I taught them how to meditate. Uh, so I had this after school program uh, from kindergartners through fifth graders, but I've done this with high schools, with with the middle schools, obviously with with colleges and with adults because I have clients that are adults. Um, but for my kids program, I teach them how to move in their body through something called Capoeira Angola, which is an Afro-Brazilian martial art, dance, sport, ritual, fight all combined into one. Um, and then I basically also teach them how to de-stress through meditation. Mm-hmm. And it's so mm-hmm. funny because when I ask children, like, how stressed are you? You would think they were adults. It is right. It is crazy. It's crazy. Because, you know, as adults, we just think, oh, oh, they just kids. But they're right. living, being, growing organisms that are trying to understand the cause and effect relationship between their thoughts and beliefs and actions. <laughs> you see how complex that is, like, right, like that, right. you know. So, so it's like kids, they need this um, just as much as the next person. Um, so I have basically took that uh, program, and I basically now to different schools or different teachers, I teach them that program so they can actually do it to their children as well in their classes. So if you're also interested in that, reach out to me. And I, I wanted you to hit that real quick, too, because mm-hmm. um, I worked in the school system for over, what, 16, 17 years in the behavior departments. And one of the things that I always stressed to everybody was 
the need for um, we call them chill rooms at the times where kids could come and de-stress. But I always emphasize children learning meditation and uh, diff- and other coping mechanisms uh, to be able to deal with the everyday stresses of life that sometimes we overlook as adults because we're thinking, ah, they're just kids. So that's why I wanted you to talk about that because I, I want other people to understand, like, how important it is. And, like, if we can start to teach them those lessons at a young age, can we imagine how they can grow and develop even as adults? Because they'll have those skills to be able to deal with some of the things that many of us acquired those skills later in life. Um, and are right. still acquiring those skills. So mm-hmm. that's why I wanted you to hit that. Um, I do have Absolutely. a couple more questions for you before we go, yeah. if you don't mind, okay? Um, these yeah. are the questions that I like to ask everybody once we are off the air. Once we're off the air, I usually have three questions I like to ask, okay? The first question is, um, who or what inspires you? Got you. Um, that's a great question. So I would say what inspires me the most is helping people. I know that's so cliche as okay. a coach. Like that's so cliche. That's my answer too. <laughs> but, um, I would say what inspires me is just the ability to be able to reach back and help somebody else. Like, for example, there there is a such cool story that happened just two days ago. No, last night that I, that I want to share that thing um, encompasses cool. this. I was in McDonald's on 95th, or like, you don't know, like, uh, Chicago, but, like, I was uh, in McDonald's waiting right. for my <laughs> friends to come pick me up. Um, uh, waiting for my friends to come pick me up um, to go downtown to uh, one of our other friends' birthday parties. And I was at the 95th okay. State, the McDonald's, right off the red line for anybody in Chicago who, who's a listener. And I, I went to the bathroom. And when I came out the bathroom, I overheard these two young boys talking about how they want to be an entrepreneur and they want to get out the hood. And I walked past them, oh, and I was like, did I just hear them talk about being an entrepreneur? So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to talk to them. So I sat down next to them. And I just asked him, I said, I overheard y'all talking about being an entrepreneur. How serious are you on a scale of one to ten? One being like, oh, no, nah, bro. You know, I'm kidding. Ten being like, I'm dead ass. Like, there's no other option. And then they both said ten. And I said, are you for real? And he said, yes. And I told uh, the one kid I was talking to, his, his name is Amir. He's 16. He goes to high school, right? He's a shooting guard at a, at a Bowen High School. And he was telling me. He said, you know, I really want to be an entrepreneur because I want to get out the hood because um, I'm tired of struggling. And I told him, I said, bro, you can do it. I'm an entrepreneur. And his eyes lit up so wow. wide, so wide. It was like, you know, and then we had conversations. And, you know, he kind of asked, okay, what do you do? How do you do it? How do you do those things? How do you help somebody heal? All that good stuff. You know, and then I was telling him about what I do, and I was telling him about, you know, how you got to, you know, start changing your belief systems. Because I was telling him, you know, when you grew up in poverty, like I did, and your family is on a fixed income, then you actually like parents for some, you know, a little spending money to go out, it could be a big deal. And it could be a stressor to them because of their current situation. And, but, but then for the kid, right, the kid only sees that, they only link the stress and the money together. You see what I'm saying? 
they only link mm-hmm. they only link the the stress and the money together and basically it's like linking those two together would then make you think that money is always related to stress you know right. and so what i told him is that you have to start changing your thoughts and changing your beliefs and you know he told me that him and his uh brother asked asked their mom for ten dollars because today was his brother's birthday and you know because they want to you know go out and celebrate and get some food and I right. had an extra twenty dollar bill, like I had an extra twenty dollar bill bill on me, because uh, I don't really carry cash like that. And I was thinking, and this is crazy, bro, because I was thinking the whole day, I'm like, what am I gonna spend this twenty dollars on? Like I don't, you know, I don't really <laughs> carry cash. So what, like, what am I gonna spend this on? Like maybe some food at the bar with my, like, at my like friend's birthday. But then in that moment, it was like, give it to them. So I gave it to them, and I said, you know what, both of y'all split this, and then once again, their eyes lit up. And I felt so good after that. Hell, I thought I just got twenty dollars from somebody. You know, like like I felt so good. Like I literally walked, I literally walked out of McDonald's skipping, bro, because that's what it's about. You know, like like it was about me, like being able to be a reflection, being able to be a mirror for some young, a young black male. You know, who they had the same mentality I had. I was like, yo, I'm trying to get Chicago any means necessary. You know. And for him, for us to have that conversation, and to me to open, like to open his eyes to his to what he can truly become, that was the that was the most rewarding part for it for me. So I love doing that. Whether that be you know just like random conversations that I have in places, or whether that be like with you know my clients when I serve them in like in my one on one capacity, or or at a workshop, or speaking, just in any way I can inspire somebody to live their truth, to become their best version of themselves, I'm at peace, and I know that my divine will is being performed. Awesome, man. That's that's what it is all about right there. I know that what you did for those two will make such a lasting uh, impact on their life that it's going to be crazy. Like, they're going to remember that, you know, for years to come, and they're going to tell people about, the, you know, the experience that they had with you as well. So, that's awesome. Now, the second question is, here on the show, we like to acknowledge those who have served as mentors in our lives, um, spiritual leaders, or those that have helped us along the way, helped us get to where mm-hmm. we are and get to where we're going. Uh, on the show, we call them transforming transformers. Do you have one to three individuals that you would like to acknowledge that has helped you along your path? to get to where you are now and get to where you're going? Yeah. I mean, I honestly have more than three, um, but I'm going to try mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep that through because I have, okay. cause, uh, you know, there's a, a African philosopher named John S. N. B. T. And one of his quotes is that, mm-hmm. you know, I am because we are. And I believe I would have mm-hmm. not gotten to this point in my life where I am without so many mm-hmm. mentors, like so many, and not even I just people that. that I call mentors. Even some people who I don't agree with, like, what they do, but then I'm able to look at their life and see, okay, what okay, what are they doing that's good, you know, that I align with, and what are they doing that I don't align with? What are they doing that I do right. align with? How are they kicking ass in that specific arena? Okay, how can I, you know, bring that to me? You see what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And so, but to answer your question, I would say one person is my mom. Um, she really really opened my eyes to what it means to be a servant 
to people mm. um, because, like, m- uh, my mom growing up, like, she would do anything to help somebody, whether it be have a conversation with them, uh, if they're, you know, feeling down, whether it be, you know, help give them a couple bucks if they need some food, whether it be whatever they need. Like, she was always there. And I remember, you know, doing prayer service with her or going around the, the community praying for people with her and just seeing how she was such a light and how she is such a light in so many people's lives now. Some people, you know, have so much reverence for her, um, you know, and how she helps people. So my mom is definitely one of those people because she helped to show me what it's like to be a coach and what it's like to be a servant, what it's like to help somebody in a goofy way, funny way, but always cracking a smile on their face. And also my mom's laughter, like whenever I hear my like mom's laughter in the house, it just like warms my heart, like like nothing else. because um, I'm I'm back at home for the holidays. Second person um that I would pay homage to is one of my spiritual mentors growing up. His name was uh Prophet Gad. Uh, he was very influential in my life. He's 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 actually my my cousin on my mom's side. Um and you know, he was one of those first people that after I got into meditation we kind of attracted each other and he then gave me next level tools and next level meditations uh, to really elevate my like meditation game from when I was 10 to 18. So he played a huge factor and he was the same voice that came to me back when I was depressed. Right. Um, that was like spiritual mentor okay. I was talking about. Um, oh, almost locked. This is deep. This is tough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. I think the other person would be my auntie, uh, Chantella Richardson. Okay. She's actually a life coach herself and a motivation speaker. Like she does things with Lisa Nichols. Um, she, she just helps me a lot because she helps me to uh, just really show me where I'm thinking wrong in business. Um, and another person, okay, this, uh, this is Kansi, but I got to say it, it's my girlfriend. Oh my gosh. Like, I've been with my girlfriend for three years now, and she, you know, like, there's this thing that, like, says if you want a, uh, like, there's a thing that says a girlfriend would just, uh, oh, my God, what does it say? A girlfriend will, you know, go out with you for your birthday, you know, help celebrate you. A wife will, will, will help you, you know, fix your credit. And even though a wife can also obviously mm-hmm. do the same thing and help somebody go out for their birthday, I think that phrase mm-hmm. literally uh epitomizes my girlfriend because she is the type of person to whereas like if I'm slacking in some area she'll let me know like she is not afraid to let me know when I'm slacking like like let me know and not even in a negative way like it does, it's like it's in a very real way that sometimes I need that you know because sometimes like I have mm-hmm. blind spots too just like everybody and sometimes I can get so caught up in doing something that I'm blinded on these other things and, and she's like yo Duran, like, what about these other things that, you know, like, like you, you know, talked about and like, like, where would that have time in your space? So she's always helping me to really call me on my bullshit straight up. Cause I think that we all need a person like that in our life. Like we all need a person in our life to truly just like, be like, uh, uh-uh, stop lazy. No, you, you're bullshitting. And I'm telling you this because I love you. So get your shit together. You know, like, like we all need that kind of person. And you know, my girlfriend has been there for me. And our, you know, first year, like, it was the first time I had somebody in my life like that. I mean, my like, parents did that, but obviously, like, it's different, like, in a relationship, right? So, the first time, so I was butting heads with that a lot. Like, my ego would be like, no, man, you can't tell me what to do. Until 
when I just looked and I was like, actually, every single thing this girl is telling me is actually right. And when I did it, her way it actually makes everything better. What the hell is wrong with my ego for, <laughs> for you know, yeah. distorting me, right, to make me think that, you know, I just do, like, handle these things on my own. So I would say those four people. Cool, cool, cool. That's awesome, man. Um, and the last question, this is the question I always like to end with. And the reason why I like to end with this question is because no two people have had the same answer. Everybody mm. has a different expression of this answer, and I love to hear everyone's expression of this answer. Okay, so, Deron, who is yes. God to you? Who is mm. God to you? Mm. Woo, that's deep. Who's God to me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. One, and I, I know this is going to piss people off, but I don't care. I think God is whatever pronoun you want to put for he, she, or they. Uh, I was okay. at a Thanksgiving dinner with my professors. Um, and his father was praying, and then he said something in the prayer that caught me. You know when you hear something and you like, damn. You know like I mean, think about it like that. Mm-hmm. He said something. He said, "Father God, Mother God." I thank mm-hmm. you. You know, be, because like we always, you know, see see God is like a you know he, and we get so caught up in the pronouns that it's like you like like we just missed the whole point entirely. You know, and so right. I like that. So I say God is whatever pronoun, whatever color you want God to be in your life. Because who am I, right, as a black man to tell right. a black woman that God is a man? Who am I right, to right. tell, like, like who, who, who am I as a black man to tell a black trans woman God is a man? Who am I can't? Right, because uh, I, I think it was Dick Gregory. I hope I'm not butchering this quote, but basically he said that if you know God, like if another culture receives another culture's God, then subconsciously that culture will think that the other culture is superior to them because they're God. So, so, so who is some white guy? Tell me that God is white. That Jesus is white. Mm-hmm. I don't get mm-hmm. it. You know, like I feel like every right. group of people have had their own savior. Every and if you look back in time, Horus, like from the Egyptian days, have a damn sure very similar story too to Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. there's all these different depictions, mm-hmm. all these different you know stuff. So, I personally feel like God is whoever your reflection is, and I believe that God is the highest level version of ourselves. Right. It's the highest level version of ourselves. And I believe that in the moments of love, in the moments of deep laughter, in the moments of deep peace, we see glimpses of that. We see glimpses of God in our lives. And I believe also that God is this consciousness or this being that is so superior to all of our thinking that it's like if you combine all the human thinking together, it wouldn't be able to dense or scratch the, the level, the like universal level of God's thinking. 
Um, so I think that God is really all the particles that makes up this universe, known and unknown. And when we channel them, I think you are a mini God. I'm a mini God, right? And I think that when we get to a heavenly state of mind, that's when we're able to access what I call God mode, right? It's like when you like watching a basketball game and like Stephen Curry or like no, he's a, he's a, he's injured right now. Like LeBron James go off for like fifty yeah, points. Like like it's like they're playing unconscious. Yeah. It's like they're just like in a state of faith, in a state of pure believance, and everything is manifesting rapidly. Right. I believe that we all have these abilities. And once we get our mind so heavenly, focused, disciplined, peaceful, loving, tranquil state of mind, that's when we can access our true power, which are God. Um, because I believe that we came down to this planet to co-create our deepest desires, obviously, ethically, and morally, um, to show in life how we want them to show. Well, guys, there you have it. And that last answer explains why I invite the people that I invite on this show. It has always been my desire to gather people, as I always say, from diverse backgrounds, diverse belief systems, and have us come together, work together, and I believe that we can get more accomplished together than we can divided. So again, Deron, thank you for joining us on tonight. Thank you for your willingness to share of yourself on tonight, sharing your time, information, your story. Just thank you for everything that you're doing in this world to make this world a better place. And I'm going to tell you guys, you know, if it's up to him, but this will not be the last time he's invited on the show. Okay, this will not be the last time he's invited. Now, if he tells me, Cliff, I don't want to come on your show anymore, it was trash, I can understand that. But <laughs> if he's not on here again, it won't be because he wasn't invited. All right? So, guys, listen, mm. thank you again to everybody for listening to the show, those that listen to the live, those that are hearing this part because you're listening to the replay. I thank you. I want you to connect with me on all of my social media platforms. Simply type in Clifton Pettyjohn to find out everything that I have going on as far as with the show as well as everything else. Visit my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. And as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Be blessed. Uh, much love. Thank you.